0: Hello and welcome to another fantastic episode of Fat Love Talk. This week is not on the lighter side. We got some good stuff to talk about. I'm going to dive more into the IG and Philip Muson update. There has been some recent updates on that, and I want to talk about it. The Walking Dead final season, the Telltale story, Clementine story specifically, is coming to a close with this final season, and I have an update for episode one, Guacamelee two comes out soon I'm going to talk about that remind you of that release date a little bit of story news uh, Green Lantern, Tom Cruise will it happen? Let's discuss it got a ramble and a rant coming up tonight and I'm going to end the podcast with a little update to what happened to the quote unquote food content if you're an OG podcast listener of Fat Love Talk you'll know what I'm talking about without further ado let's jump into this dive into this head first do a double flip land the stick and let's go. So the final season of The Walking Dead Telltale came out August 14th. Episode 1, August 14th. The last three episodes, this is going to be a four-episode season finale versus, I believe, the five we get for some sh- telltales. Um, and it left me, oh, episode 1 left me with a lot of questions, but it answered a lot for episode Th- or episode three, season three. I'll tell you this much right now. Um, getting this worded correctly is an absolute nightmare for me because they have seasons of The Walking Dead, they have episodes of The Walking Dead, and they have chapters of The Walking Dead for each episode in each season. <sighs> Bear with me. I'm going to try to get this worded correctly for you, but let me- its it's complicated. So, season three... Of the Walking Dead left me with a lot of questions. But regardless of your decisions and your outcomes, Clementine pretty much says, Yo, peace out. This place is Cray Cray. And deuces. With AJ in hand, I season four opens up in episode one with her and AJ. AJ a little older, old enough to talk and you know, walk and communicate with Clementine probably good for story purposes. Um and they roll up on this rail track, r- railroad station, and they're looking for, you know, food. They're living on the road, city by city, town by town scavenging everywhere they go. There is no home for them at this point. And you know, thinking about that in hindsight, it's like, man, that's kind of sad to realize that zombies have taken over the world, society has fallen and you're by yourself now. You are your own parent. You have to feed yourself, survive. And if you don't, you just become one of the things you're trying to avoid this whole time. It's 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 sad. I'm not going to lie, but I will say this much. Episode 1 was really, really well done. It almost gives you a comic book look with the new art textures they're using, the new, like fading and backdrop colors and everything just looks really well done in this telltale episode i gotta say this much i've played um a good handful of the telltale games i've yet to play the minecraft or the game of thrones and i have not played wolf among us yet but i've played all the walking deads every single one including the michonne i've played the borderlands i've played the batman i haven't done season two of batman but i've done season one And I've done uh, pretty much everything else that they've come out with. I love Telltale games. They're really fun. They're also, according to my brother and my friend, easy platinums. So that's always a good thing. Um, So, yeah. This one, however, I will say this now that I mentioned that, will not be a quote-unquote easy platinum because there are collectibles. There are objectives. You will have to play through each episode, I believe, four times to get the platinum because there is no chapter select in telltale games you have to play the whole thing over again and it it's a pretty lengthy one it took me about i want to say four hours four and a half five no yeah about four hours maybe less than that to finish it all right so you're gonna have to invest some time if you want that platinum which is fine i mean a time investment should add to difficulty according to my friends and my brother no it doesn't because if it's just a playthrough it's a playthrough it's not like it's going to add any kind of you know technical challenge to it you have to just do it a certain objective a certain way and then do something different the next time so if you're going for easy platinum trophy and achievement if you play xbox then great pick this up it's fun if you don't care about that and you have a nintendo switch and you don't have a preference maybe pick it up and play it on the go i do believe it is on the nintendo switch which is fantastic i love that they're doing that Um, I will say this, um, with this particular episode of The Walking Dead Clementine, definitely is a more hardened version of what you saw when she was, you know, early on with Lee, season two and three, you know, you see Kenny and some of the old people in the series, and it's just, it's really interesting, to me personally, to see her transition from this kid who enjoyed her life, you know, she had parents, you know, and then this walking dead zombie situation happens and her childhood is ripped from her. I mean, at the end of episode one, what happens with Lee, that just, as a kid, I don't know if I could emotionally take that. You know, that's that's dark. And, I mean, it was good plot point, good plot development, but, whoo, it was definitely something else. I'll say that much. And I will say, if you pre-ordered The Walking Dead... Final season, The Telltale, there's a collection that comes with it. So you can buy The Walking Dead seasons individually, like I have, but now there's a collection. So you can get an additional Platinum Trophy if you play through the collection and do all of the episodes again from 1 to 4, which I find very interesting. I might actually start going through them because I haven't live-streamed on my YouTube any of The Walking Dead Telltale. I've only done the Batman stuff. So that would be a fun kind of thing to do and uh, to show how just this is so well written, so well done. And you can kind of see that in like the way that it's just crafted and, s- and driven story wise. And I'm just like, mmm, I love it. So I, th- my review, I give it a solid episode one, would be a solid probably four out of five like i i really solidly enjoyed that um the ending of the game i would give a 4.5 out of five at least the ending i got now you can find my full episode one walkthrough on my youtube channel alpha phenomenon gaming um i did do a live stream of episode one uh chapters one and two in a video that's about an hour and a half and then chapter three was about half an hour I retract what I said earlier about how long it took me to play it. If that's the case, it's probably about two hours. A little over two hours to play episode one. Funny how that works. Man, I don't remember how long it took me to play it outside of thinking the fact that the videos were two hours long, which tells me it was two hours long. The last thing I do want to say, however, is that Suffer the Children, episode two, comes out September 25th. Broken Toys, episode 3, comes out November 6th. And the final episode of the Walking Dead Telltale series, at least Clementine's story, called Take Us Back, will release December 18th. So if you can wait until Christmas, you can get the entire four-episodic season four Walking Dead Telltale, Clementine's finale. And uh, I'm not waiting because I've already bought the season pass. Come september 25th your boy gonna be live streaming episode two make sure you on deck ready for that because i'm excited I'm, i want to know what happens to clementine what happens to aj i want to change a few things in episode one because oh my god that got insane and it got dark and it got whew, crazy this game is exciting check it out if you want to that's my review and let's move on to Guacamelee two. BT dubs that rhymed, which is hilarious. As a little bit of a quickie update and reminder, I do want to let you know that Quokka Melee 2, if you're interested, releases on August 21st. If you buy this on PlayStation, you get a 20% discount, dropping it to $15.99 instead of the normal $20 pre-order until it releases. So, hop on that if you want that deal. Thought I would throw it out there. You're welcome. Can we talk for a brief moment about Tom Cruise being rumored to be in the next Green Lantern film? Can I stop for a second and say that Green Lantern shouldn't even be rebooted? I don't know what the DCU is trying to do, maybe they're trying to assemble the Justice League in a live action format, but no, I'm I'm, I'm okay with not having a Green Lantern movie, never really liked Hal Jordan all that much. Um, in the comics, he was cool, but as far as a live-action Green Lantern movie just doesn't sound right to me, doesn't seem right to me, and Tom Cruise doesn't seem like the right pick for me. Not because of him being an established actor, or because of him and his age, or because of, you know, the fact that he doesn't look like he fits a superhero role. I've seen all of these arguments online before discussing it now. No, my reason why I don't think Tom Cruise should be the Green Lantern Is because the Green Lantern shouldn't be made at all like that's literally my reason why and I'm sticking to it I don't want to see a Green Lantern movie Shazam I can let it slide okay I don't know why they're doing a Shazam movie that one I also feel the same way about but it looks like it can maybe possibly I don't know in the right context be perceived as possibly maybe a good decent subpar movie that being said I didn't like Batman vs Superman. Didn't really like um, the one before that. I forget what it was called. The Batman movie before, but I did, however, enjoy um, Wonder Woman. She was fantastic, fantastic. And then um, I forget the one where they all came together um, with the Flash and whatnot. That was that was decent. That was decent. It wasn't like fabulous, but it was decent. And I will say this one thing Aquaman is one of my favorite DC superheroes One of the favorites, okay His movie. Oh looks so good I don't know why or how but the DC might Have a good contender here with Jason Momoa Aquaman The, the whole thing looks fantastic The just, Oh my it looks good. All right, you throw him next to Green Lantern, though, no contest. So they're going to have to do something if they're going to make a Green Lantern movie that will pull me in. I'm sick and tired in 2018 of all these origin movies, okay? Will Venom be an origin movie? I know we just swapped from DC to Marvel, but it's coming up in October this year. I hope it's a good story. It doesn't even have spider-man in it but I hope it's a good story because I don't like origin stories anymore okay the only origin story that I really actually enjoyed was when Tobey Maguire played spider-man okay those were some pretty dope movies okay I really enjoyed Alexander Garfield and I'm really enjoying Tom Holland right now mmm Tobey Maguire though love it the dance scene, the jazz club, the black suit, him dancing on the street. Come on now, tell me you didn't smile at least once. I got my groove thing going when I was listening to that. I was like, yeah, get it, Toby, get it, Toby. Or may I say Peter, because <laughs> he's Peter Parker. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? The point of the matter is the Green Lantern movie is going to have to do something drastic and fun for me to enjoy it. And I do appreciate movies that take themselves seriously when they're made properly. Sometimes the movie doesn't take itself seriously enough and it kind of falls short. Sometimes it takes itself too seriously and just doesn't stick to landing. So they're going to have to do an interesting balancing act, in my opinion, to where it flows well with whatever they're trying to do with The Flash and Batman and Wonder Woman and Aquaman. (laughs) I'm just not sure I'm, I'm skeptical I'm waiting I'll give you guys an update if I hear more and uh, we'll go from there but I just wanted to put it out there that there is a rumor Tom Cruise could be playing the Green Lantern in an upcoming Green Lantern film which I didn't know they were making so that's your news boy oh boy do I have an update for you Regarding the Philip Muson IGN Dead Cells Review debacle. Okay, if you watched last week's episode, if you listened closely, you heard me talk about the whole breakdown. Now, we have some updates, and I have some opinions, some of which remain the same, some of which change. Let's go ahead and start by reviewing a tweet I have pulled up from Tom Marks, who is, I believe, the PC editor at IGN. Um, He tweeted out on August 15th, I've seen a common sentiment around that I want to break down real fast. Quote, I guess that's what you get for hiring a YouTuber, not someone with journalism training. End quote. I don't have any formal journalism training. I studied design I learned about plagiarism in elementary school. In tweet. Now, Tom Marks makes a very interesting point here. He says he learned about plagiarism in elementary school. And and that's the case for most of us, am I right? But plagiarism is common sense. Okay? You don't do it. It's stealing. It's wrong. I stand by that sentiment. Okay? Do not ever plagiarize somebody else's hard, valued, separate work that's just rude disrespectful and just downright nasty to do that to somebody so i agree with this tweet it's it's not because he was a youtuber it's because he just wasn't a very good person apparently from what we're uncovering um i want to go over a couple of tweets um that Lily Zandovar and Brian Altano posted. Let's start with Brian Altano. Now, Brian Altano and Lily Zandivar both put out long, like, screenshot text excerpts, so they're going to be lengthy, but bear with me here, and we're going to get through it. Let's start with Brian Altano, okay? Brian Altano with IGN said, Hey, I haven't spoken much about the recent situation at IGN where an editor was fired for plagiarizing and other people's works from around the video games industry. Pause. I want to say real quick that I respect Brian Altano for not saying Philip's name um, and that he was just saying blankly an IGN uh, employee was yada. Moving on. Today, it really started weighing on me more than usual, so here's what I have to say. For the record, most video game websites don't really have... Practices in place to stop plagiarism because hiring people who love to write and talk about video games from their own personal perspective is the whole fucking point. Millions of people consume IGN's content every month, and many of them would kill to get paid to talk about video games for a living. It's not like in high school where you have three days to write about a book you have no interest in and you half ass some book report so you can pass and get on with your life. It's a video game. We hire you because you say you love them and you love to talk about them, because why wouldn't you? That's why you applied to begin with. In games journalism, you get hired because you fucking love video games, and you can speak on them for your own, from your own perspective. I've been at IGN for nine years, and the idea of somebody faking that but still wanting to work there is completely foreign to me. When I found out about this, I naively thought this was an isolated incident where a person was drowning in deadlines and self-doubt about their own abilities to make a huge isolated mistake in appropriating somebody else's work, not justifying that, of course? As it turns out, it's but one incident in a string of possibly dozens. It's unheard of in a field full of passionate enthusiasts. This last week has completely fucked me up on a personal and a professional level. It sucks. We let down our audience, ourselves, and most importantly, everyone that had their work taken from them. I'm genuinely saddened by the whole situation. I feel completely betrayed by somebody I thought was a colleague, co-host, and friend. I know many of you do too. Thank you for sticking with us through this. Love, Brian. First off, if I could applaud Brian Altano for writing this, I would. You can see his passion for gaming, his passion for his, his friendships, his passion for his job in the way he writes, okay? Like, this was the most professionally well-written thing I've ever seen. And it's not even, like, he didn't have to do this. He didn't have to do this, but he's, you know, kind of in the middle of it. He does four podcasts, um, I think three of which are for IGN. And then he does a whole bunch of side stuff. He just had his first baby. He's married. He has life to deal with. He lives in San Francisco. So, of course, life is fast and busy and bustling. He, He took time. Out of his busy day to to do this, and he communicates with everybody on Twitter in his free time, he plays all these new switch games to review them on his podcasts. He's a busy person, and this was so beautifully and well written like forget meeting Tom Cruise. I want to meet brian Altano he's 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 a fantastic person, a fantastic human being, and I want to meet him, okay. That was well-written and well-executed, and you can kind of see, based on the way he ended it, too, that he feels he said he felt completely betrayed by somebody he thought was a colleague, co-host, and friend, and he knows most of us do, too. I'll give you my opinion on this. I liked Philip Mewson. I liked Jose Otero a hell of a lot more, but if I got offered a job at Nintendo, the big in... There's no way I'm turning that job offer down. It could pay me less than IGN, and I'll still take it, because I'm sure it still compensates very well. Now, I'm sure Nintendo pays better than IGN, so I'm sure Jose Otero had no reason to not accept that offer as a Nintendo editor being asked to work for Nintendo from that point. That's like leveling up in a way that is unheard of. So they had to replace Jose Otero. They had a couple of weeks where they, like, shuffled hosts while they were hiring, searching, interviewing, etc. And then Philip Mewson gets the job. Now, new discoveries have come out. His apology video, he challenged Kotaku, that that editor, to, like, look into my life, okay? It was one thing, stop kicking me while I'm down, you're doing it for the clicks, get out of here he challenged him and essentially the whole internet to say that this was a one and done incident. No, I'm sorry, Philip. They found botched reviews, almost plagiarism of FIFA 19 of other Nintendo titles. It's disgusting. All right, I gave Philip, I said last week I gave him the benefit of the doubt that like like Brian even said that Like, somebody's so passionate, he thought it was an isolated incident, you know? When you're passionate about gaming and the gaming industry, you have your own opinions about that. Nobody can ever take that from you. So why would you want to use somebody else's opinion about a game and say it's yours? Like, the gaming industry in particular gives you plenty of ways to have your own opinion, your own experience. That's why I love being a gamer and talking about games. I mentioned The Walking Dead earlier. There's nobody else who could have my opinion about The Walking Dead. That that review I gave. Nobody else. They could agree with me. But there's nobody who will have 100% the same opinion, the same review, the same grade scale as me. And not every game is as adaptive as, you know, your choices will change things. Like a very linear game, like a Mario game, for instance, since we're talking about Nintendo. Maybe you find that secret coin. Maybe you enjoy a level design, a level layout, the challenge. Nobody's going to have the same opinion as you, which is why I love video games. Why I would kill, literally like Brian said, to be paid like literally let me find it here we go quote millions of people consume IGN's content every month and many of them would kill to get paid to talk about video games for a living and quote i agree with that i said last week uh, it's damn near a dream job not quite like it's a really like i i would love to work at IGN as a games editor okay you can give me xbox reviews and you know what I'll be happy as a peanut pod. I'll go get an Xbox. I'll play my Xbox games and I'll review them. Will it take a minute to change from the controls I'm used to on Nintendo and Sony? Sure, but I'm still passionate about video games, whether it be a, a console generation I don't associate really with, or whether it be something entirely, you know, completely comfortable with me. You know, I love video games. I love playing video games. I love talking about video games. I love giving my opinions thoughts reviews it's crazy that this happened it's crazy and i can i can sympathize with brian altano so much because it it probably does suck because not only do i as an audience member of his nintendo voice chat podcast as 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 philip Music being the host as i feel betrayed i'm sure they feel 10 times worse if you've been paying any kind of attention to IGN this week, they're doing a kick-ass job at like removing his reviews that he plagiarized, at rewriting them, re-reviewing them, going through. They're working overtime. Like I said last week, they were probably doing that. No, they are working so much overtime to catch up. He was Nintendo's IGN editor, or IGN's Nintendo editor, for nine months. Almost 10. Like, that's a lot of reviews to go over. I, I thought Philip Muson was a great guy. He, he was kind of hit and miss there as a podcast host of Nintendo Voice Chat. But I was giving him the benefit of the doubt. Today, looking at all this evidence, no. I'm not making any excuses for Philip Muson at this point. His Twitter has gone dark. His YouTube has gone dark. He removed his apology video. And he will not, like, apologize fully for what he did. He just makes more excuses. Which is why he's probably gone dark and not done anything. He's he's vanished from the internet, essentially. <sighs> Philip Muson, if you ever, by any random chance, find this podcast, and you hear me talking about this, I want to say this to you. Own up to your actions. I'm 25 years old, and I would kill to have your position at IGN. Okay? I'm a nobody in the middle of Missouri, and I have the common self-respect and decency not to plagiarize somebody else's review, and you can make all the half-assed excuses you want to make about it was a one and done, it was just a close similarity, they can think what they want, I know the truth. No, we all... See the truth in the evidence. Okay, and and it's stop, stop. You have a son, you have a life, you have people who look up to you. Okay, be a man, accept it, and move on with your life because hiding behind excuses isn't going to get you anywhere. Okay, nowhere at all. And it, it just, it angers me. To know that somebody had such an awesome job, an awesome position in a well known, like international company. And you just threw it away. Like, I'm I'm fairly confident, you know, if I talked to any other employee, especially a veteran nine year employee like Brian Altano, and I asked, are the deadlines hard? Do you ever get writer's block and you just you just you gotta you're punching the clock, you're trying really hard. Does it ever get to be too much to where this could be an option? I'm sure he would say never. Cause like, you're writing about stuff you love. And sure, writer's block exists. I'm I've been in that position before, but at the same time, never once have I thought, you know how I'll get over this writer's block? Let's go steal somebody else's work and feel good about it. Because that's not me. That's not me, I'm not writing that. I would still be stuck in that block, you know? It's just sad. It's just sad. Next, I want to talk about uh, another excerpt that was posted on Twitter from, from previous IGN employee Lily Zandivar. I'm only using this one because Lily Zandivar, when she briefly worked at Nintendo, that I knew her. She probably worked there for a lot longer than I know, I've know. i known her. But um, her and Philip Muson got pretty close okay they were friends good friends enough to where i realized um that they hung out a lot and they were they were friends and whatnot um i sort of shipped them for a little bit because i thought they were cute together um i didn't know until later that lily zandovar already had a boyfriend and that they were just platonic which is fine um especially in considering this situation um here's what lily zandovar said i can't keep this quiet anymore I feel like a burden will be lifted once I say my side and feel better in the process. When Philip started working at IGN, I offered to help him out with moving and getting used to San Francisco. He was super kind and I was so excited to help him out. When he came to IGN, I wanted him to know that I was a Splatoon girl, that I loved Nintendo. He asked me to help out and I gladly did. I helped with the NVC scripts and told him what to talk about. I did the research for him. On what was happening with Nintendo, I started the NVC stream so he could get to be a part of the community, a community that he hard, hardly talked to. I introduced him to the NVC Discord. When I was planning to leave NVC, he told me I could always come back and talk on NVC, that I could always come back and talk about Splatoon and for the Octo expansion, that he could, that he could stream still, but what happened? He stopped talking to me. I would text or call to no answer. He would answer if I asked if he needed help and even gave suggestions on what to talk about during NVC or during articles he was writing. I thought we were still friends. I thought this was my way of helping because he told me he was overworked. What I didn't realize was that he did this to others. He used them and ditched them when he didn't need them. I asked him if I could come back on NVC for the Octo expansion, and he told me no because others wanted to be on. I understood. I even said if I had it my way you'd be my co- he even said if I had it my way you'd be my co-host for every episode. There's a lot of stuff going on this week with all the post E3 announcements, so I don't think you'll be the best week to have you on. Fun fact. No week was the best week. I was never asked and I was never asked again because I thought I was excommunicated for being on the show for leaving. I thought I was bothering him. I even asked him if he hated me. I helped in so many ways during my time at IGN because I wanted to support him and support Nintendo content. I'm sad because once I left, I got dropped. This is depressing. Just let that sink in. End. That's by the end. That's the end of what you said. Let that sink in. My previous statement about Philip Mewson stands. Not only did he plagiarize multiple works, multiple articles, multiple reviews, he treated people very poorly. It makes no sense to me. I've seen so many IGN employees, you know, being friendly and hanging out after work, outside of work, playing games together, going to parties, etc. Like, if you're in San Francisco working for IGN, which I believe stands for International Gaming News, correct me if I'm wrong, literally, like, you should be, like, floating on air. You should be so happy to be working in the video games industry that no matter who you interact with, it's a good one. If I worked for IGN as a Nintendo editor in San Francisco, I have to remind people, it says California, baby. This is like. It's California! That's coming from a guy in Missouri who's never been to California, so maybe California's not as great as I, I perceive it to be, but has a guy who's ever been to California never been to San Francisco? Oh, it's unreal. How could Philip Muse not be the happiest guy on the planet? working for IGN, friendly with everybody, a hobo could spit on my shoe, nay, could spit in my face because I walk past him, and I don't know, I'm doing something wrong, and I wouldn't care. I'll be like, I'll take it. Why? Because I work as a Nintendo editor for IGN in San Francisco, making God only knows how many figures. I'm just, I'm at a loss. I'm at a loss for words. Him and Lily Zandovar, from everything I saw, all the evidence I saw, were great friends. Really good friends. And they were really good people. But as I've followed IGN now for multiple years, like going on like almost 10 years I've followed IGN, I've seen employees leave IGN. I've seen the way that Co-workers treat each other and I've followed people on Twitter and I've seen pictures and tweets and interactions and videos on YouTube Everybody's a great person to everybody else at IGN Like as co-workers as friends as people they work well together in the same building and Outside of that building they use their common interest and their love for video games to make friendships that, I'm thinking, would last a lifetime. And I've never seen any evidence against that. Until Philip Mucin. And you know what, maybe it's a one-off. He was a YouTuber, so he didn't have experience, and he was maybe anti-social in a sense, sort of a, an inverted person, an uh, introverted person, rather, and he just didn't communicate well. I don't know. After nine and a half months, you feel like you'd make friends. You would be out. You know, you would be pretty outspoken. You know, you'd have your opinions out there on pen and paper, on online, and you'd have made friendships. And uh, I mean, I guess I was wrong. I guess I was wrong. This is just. Or really sad situation for me as a fan I feel for everybody at IGN um, if anybody from IGN even listens to my podcast you have my deepest sympathy I think you are a fabulous organization you give me great gaming news you're great people and I've enjoyed every episode of Nintendo voice chat and watching my second episode of Nintendo Voice Chat without Philip Mewson this weekend, I just I want to know what's going to happen next. I know it's kind of a, an issue they're trying to move past, but it kind of still feels like an elephant in the room every time I don't see Philip Mewson in that chair hosting it. I don't want him to be there hosting it. I don't want... this to happen again essentially I don't want this to happen again and uh, I hope that they all move past this and things get better and we can have a great rest of the year for gaming news and announcements and the podcast gets even better and more fun and energetic like it used to be and time heals all wounds let's see if uh How long this one takes now one of the hard-hitting questions that you might be throwing at me is what happened to food content man I was excited for that maybe you aren't because I've received nothing (laughs) but uh, I did want to bring up that I did take out the food content portion of my podcast in the description and I kind of just let that slowly go somewhere to die because I didn't know what to do with that And when I thought up the idea to, hey, I could have a platform, a podcast, a place where I could, you know, talk about things that interest me, I thought, you know, what are the things that I love? Gaming. I love gaming. Entertainment. I love entertainment. Movies, news, you know, shows, whatever entertainment it may be. I love going out with friends, going bowling, whatever. And I love food, okay? I am fat love, P-H-A-T, but man, it's a joke. I am (laughs) F-A-T. By no means am I skinny love. You know what I'm saying? Like, that will never happen. I could could work out every day for a year, 30 minutes, hit the gym, cycle, treadmill, lift weights. No. I could eat right in that process for a year. I'll never be skinny. I'll never be skinny, okay? I'll be lucky if I can get down to 260 pounds, okay? If I can get down to 260 pounds, man, oh, man, I will be happy, all right? My gut will probably be gone, and I'll just, I'll I'll probably do something dramatic and dancey because I love to dance. I just, you know, I don't know. Look, the point is, food content was supposed to be more of an idea than anything. And I I love food, so I thought, why wouldn't I talk about food? But then I thought about it, and I was talking to the homie Tyler. Shout-outs to the homie Tyler. you the real MVP. You, you're the man. And I was saying, like, what could I do for food content? Like, could I eat food and review it? <laughs> like, that would be better in a video format. You know, like, maybe if Fat Love Talk takes off and, like... Get somewhere I could like get a website and I could like have a food tab and I could be like this week on Fat Love Talk blogs. <laughs> I could review like the new uh, peanut butter cheesecake at the Cheesecake Factory. Watch me divulge or uh, dive in. I was trying to think of a fancy word and divulge doesn't really sound like the right word. Um, dive in to this cheesecake, you know what I'm saying? Like, you feel me, and then you know. I got these braces and a lot of food's been taken from me. Not by, you know, just force, but just because I don't want to have to deal with any kind of repercussions if I, you know, break a bracket or something. You know, I've been very careful about what I eat. Also, my teeth hurt a lot all the time. It's stupid and I hate these braces, but I'm paying thousands of dollars to fix my teeth and this is how they wanted to fix my teeth so I have to deal with it because life's not fair so I've accepted that I've moved past that and when I turn 27 I'll have straight teeth and hopefully I won't be F-A-T love I'll I'll just be P-H-A-T love it'll be a fun reminder of the time when I used to be fat and then I'll be healthy in my 30s and so on But for right now, I thought I would let you know Fat Love Talk was supposed to have a food uh, segment, essentially. And I didn't know what to do with it, so I removed it. If you have any ideas for a food segment, just let me know. Hit me up. Maybe we can make this work. Maybe I can change it back to Fat Love Talk, the podcast about gaming, entertainment, and food. But for right now, it's Fat Love Talk, the podcast about gaming and entertainment. You know, the two pillars of my podcast. I love talking about the news. I love talking about entertainment, things that are interesting to me. And I love talking about gaming, you know. Just because I play Nintendo and Sony games doesn't mean I won't talk about Xbox games. My E3 podcast, I dove into every single um, showcase they had, including the Xbox Microsoft showcase. Um, That was a good presentation. They got some good reveals, um, world premieres. Um, If they hadn't canceled Scalebound, I'd probably have an Xbox. I've said that before, but here we are. I digress. I probably will get an Xbox in the future, down the road, no time soon, because they don't have a Minecraft-themed PlayStation, and they have a Minecraft-themed Xbox One S, and ooh, it is beautiful. I am so into Minecraft right now. I don't know why I never played it, When it came out, I don't know why I never got big into Minecraft when it came out. I was like, oh, whatever, it's a craze. I don't want to be into the big craze. No, I should have played it, I should have loved it, and I should have built many, many of things. I'll probably buy it for my Switch at some point so I can play it on the go. I'm just so addicted to Minecraft. I'm really addicted mostly to my friend Tyler's World, the homie Tyler. Please send me an invite later today. I would love to play Minecraft with you. (laughs) But I, uh, I don't know. I love gaming. I love food. I love entertainment. The food content had to go. And if you guys have ideas, please send them my way. This has been a ramble slash rant about the food content, which really is more of a ramble because I didn't rant about anything. Mad love. Let's let's just let us move on. Thank you so much for tuning in for this week's episode of Fat Love Talk, the podcast about gaming and entertainment. This has been your host, Zach. And if you want to follow me online on any of my social media, Twitter, it's gonna be The Paper Penguin, Snapchat, P-H-A-T, L-O-V-E, and of course, Alpha Phenomenon Gaming on YouTube. I've been live streaming Minecraft, I've been live streaming The Walking Dead. I'm gonna be doing Guacamelee 2 coming up. I'll probably record some flat-out new videos for Walking Dead to give you a little bit of a breakdown for that. And I'm going to try some new stuff coming up soon. Um, Even though I don't have a computer, I have Share Factory on my PlayStation, and I will be trying to pump out something a little more decent than what I've been doing with my live streams. Um, Check out that if you're interested. Do appreciate you watching, listening, however you choose to enjoy Fat Love Talk. Share this podcast, if you could, with your friends, your family, and your enemies, because I love to hear from everybody, and I love to get this out there to share my opinions and my thoughts once again mad love this has been fat love talk i'm your host zach and have a fabulous week